Hey everyone, welcome back again to the podcast from Mount Hope's Belmont campus. My name is Brian. I am the pastor of the church in Belmont, Massachusetts, and it's good to talk to you again. As you listen to these sermons week after week, if you ever have a thought about them or you have a question, a comment, concern, we'd love to hear from you. You can visit us at our website. It's mounthope.org, M-O-U-N-T-H-O-P-E dot O-R-G. Or you could reach out to me directly. My email is B-K-R-O-G-H at mounthope.org. In the sermon you're about to listen to, we talk about the reality that all of us have something inside of ourselves that needs to be renovated and rejuvenated and renewed. The challenge is none of us have the ability to do it on our own. So what is this thing that needs to be renewed inside of us and who is it that can do it for us? Well, I hope you'll listen closely because I believe that God has something that he wants to say to you. Let me ask you a question. I'm uh, going to ask for a show of hands, okay? How many of you in the room, how many of you really enjoy the do-it-yourself renovation, restoration shows that are flooding your television right now. Who likes it? There's a few people. Eight, like I say, Chip and Joanna, and your heart melts, right? See, some of you know what I'm talking about. You love shiplap and all that good stuff. We love as a culture, right? We love as a culture this idea of old things being made new, don't we? In fact, if you were to flip through your television, it's not just home projects. You watch HGTV or something like that. We have all sorts of television shows right now uh, that are all about homes being renovated, uh, things that were old and broken down being made new. Sometimes they do it in a week. Sometimes they do it over time. And so we have one in our own backyard, don't we? This old house that's been really one of the original ones uh, is, is, happens just in this part of the country. And, and we love those kind of things. And it's not just homes. We like it when people better themselves. We watch those kind of shows. We like the kind of shows that take over a restaurant or a bar that's failing and they make it happen and make it work again. There's something inside of you, right? And there's something inside of me that likes that kind of story. We like the story of something that's kind of worn out and broken down and lost its purpose, finding new purpose, purpose and new life and being restored with new and great potential. We like that story. In fact, when I think about stories and people like this, I think about uh, my wife's aunt uh, who passed away a few years ago. She was someone that struggled with addiction in her life uh, for about 16 years, if I'm remembering correctly, 15, 16 years, well into her 30s, struggled with addiction. And then in her 30s, had a radical change in her life and started a small business that was extremely successful. And so while she spent 16 years of her life caught in addiction, she spent the next 25 years of her life uh, being very successful in business. And we love those kind of stories, right? We love the story of, of a person doing that, but we like the story of a home or something else coming back to life. In fact, I think that many of us feel like, you know, if we got the right people together with the right minds and put enough elbow grease into it, we could pretty much restore and bring back almost anything. We talk about that a lot with our environment. Our environment is going the wrong direction. It's breaking down. 
And so we talk about that as a, as a culture and as a world we're talking about that. If we get the right experts together and we get the right people in the room and we all put in enough energy and effort, we think we can turn this whole thing around. And I think that that's the, just the way our minds work. We look at things as people and we say, listen, we're not sure exactly how to do it, but if we get the right people together and they put in enough effort, then we can pretty much turn around almost anything. The challenge becomes when the wrong people try to restore things and revive things. Have you ever made that mistake? Have you ever started a project and been way over your head in that project? There's not just shows, uh, maybe you've seen these about successful renovations. There's also plenty of shows about the people who attempt to do something and they cut all the drywall out of their house and they take out some pipes and they move some electric stuff. Uh, and then they're so lost and things are so broken that they have to call in the expert who comes in and fixes the mess that they've made. Or maybe uh, you've seen there's a, there's a show called, there's the restaurant shows where people open up a restaurant and they really have no idea what they're doing. And so the restaurant is going terribly wrong and they're just losing money. And, and the, the expert comes in and remakes the kitchen and retrains the staff and, and redesigns the room and everything starts to turn around. So we think that if we get the right people in the room and do something and, and they think it through, that we can repurpose and restore almost anything. The challenge is if we actually try and put our efforts towards something we can't do, we can actually take a decent situation and make it a lot worse. Well, as we come into the Bible this morning, and we're going to take a look, as I mentioned earlier, in an old letter called Titus. This is a letter that a man named Paul wrote a couple thousand years ago to a young mentee of his named Titus, telling him how he should live, how he should act as, as someone who follows Jesus, and then telling the people who uh, were with Titus in the church in, a, in the island of Crete how they should live and act, and really telling you and me today how if we're followers of Jesus, we should live and act. And this morning, the passage that we're going to look at and talk about Paul talks about something that you and I both have in our lives that needs restoration, needs renewal. This is true about all of us. All of us have something inside of us that needs to be regenerated, needs to be renewed, needs to be restored. The problem is that none of us have the ability on our own to do it ourselves. So you and I have something inside of us. It's broken. It needs to be regenerated, needs to be restored. The challenge is we have this thing inside of us, right, that says we can fix anything. And so we have all tried this before. I guarantee you, whether you call yourself a follower of Jesus or a Christian or not, you have tried this before. I've tried it before. I have tried to, under my own effort and my own knowledge, to regenerate and restore this thing that's broken, only to find out that it doesn't work. And you've tried this too. And in fact, maybe you've gone to other experts. You've gotten people together in the room. You've gotten all the right people in the room to talk about how to renovate, renovate and regenerate and restore this thing that's broken inside of you. And everything that you have tried and everything that you have gone to has somehow come up wanting. In fact, you didn't fix the problem the way you thought you were going to. The thing that's inside of you that you know needs to be regenerated and restored and repurposed and renewed remains broken in some way. You see, all of us have that inside of us. And the challenge that we face is no matter how hard we try, we can't really 
fix it. This is the way Paul describes it. It's in Titus chapter 3, verse 3. This is how he describes this state that all of us have found ourselves in. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. And you might say to me, you might say to me, you know, that seems a little harsh. I don't think that I've ever found myself in that state before. But I would ask you just to think about it and think it through a little bit. Have you ever done anything foolish? The definition of a fool that we talked about that the Bible uses often, we talked about this last week, is that the fool is the one who says in his or her heart, there is no God. It's in Psalm 14.1. It's in a couple of other places. That the fool is the person that says in their heart, there is no God. Have you ever lived like God doesn't exist? Even though you might have paid lip service to the big man in the sky, you ever lived your life like he didn't really exist? Have you been disobedient before? Are you prone to that? We love to think that we're good people, but I got to tell you, if you, it might just be my kids. I hope it's not my kids, but we spend a lot of time, if you have children, and when we're young, people have to teach us to be obedient, not disobedient. Disobedience come naturally. It's just inside of us. Someone tells us to do something, don't hit your brother, share that toy. There's something inside of us that wants to do the opposite, isn't there? We have to spend our lives learning to be obedient people. Disobedience just seems to somehow come naturally. Slaves to various passions and pleasures. You ever found yourself caught up in something you couldn't say no to? Some sort of addiction. Some of you in the room have been there. Many of us have been there. There's something in your life that you just can't say no to. Could be something as serious as as drugs or alcohol or gambling or sex. Could be something uh, that seems very uh, light, but it's really not. Entertainment, social media, things that we get addicted to that we just can't shut off and turn our hearts and minds away from. Passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another, we do a good job on the outside of showing that we love people and that we think all people are great, but man, all of us struggle. You ever struggled in your heart with being jealous of other people, with being envious of other people, with being so mad at people that you hold grudges for years and you can't seem to forgive certain things? Have you ever struggled with that in your heart before, that other people have made you so angry and done things to you that were so wrong that you cannot, no matter how hard you try in your own heart, let those things go. And even though you can pretend on the outside that you've moved on, inside you can't move on. Have you ever spent time on social media and you go to other people's Facebook pages and you pretend like, you you go with the intention maybe of just wanting to see what's going on, but what happens in your heart is you just end up jealous and unhappy because everybody else's life seems so much better than yours. You see, there's something old and worn out and broken about your heart and my heart. And no matter what we do, we can't fix it. We can't make it right. You know what we're like sometimes? We are like someone who takes an old vehicle where the engine is broken and it doesn't work. 
And we take that vehicle and we take the outside of the vehicle and we take all the rust off of it. We take all the rust off it and we shine it up. We take all the rust off of it and we make it look brand new. We give it an unbelievable paint job. We put new rims on the car. We put brand new tires on the car. Uh, we reupholster the car. In fact, my, my daughter and I were driving here this morning and we saw out on 95, I think early morning Sunday is a great time to see classic cars because they're all going to the shows somewhere. And so this morning, I'm not even sure what it was, but it was this beautiful a uh, small little convertible from the 40s or 50s, I would guess, and it was painted white with this red, two red stripes down the middle, and I don't know how much it was worth, but I just knew I didn't want to get anywhere close to hitting that car, and so I stayed back and just watched for a distance, but the car was beautiful. But imagine if you took that car and you put all that energy and effort and money into it, all original parts, all looking beautiful, and then you did nothing to the engine. You did nothing to the engine. How valuable would that be? How valuable would it be to do all of those things to the outside of the car, but do nothing to the interior of the car, do nothing to the engine? It wouldn't be valuable at all. You would have a car that looks unbelievable on the outside that could not function at all on the inside. There's something on the inside of the car that remains broken, that remains worn out, and no matter how hard you tried to drive the car, it just wouldn't work. That is the thing that you and I often do with our lives. We are great at dressing up the outside. We are great at projecting self-confidence. We are great at projecting self-esteem. We are great at making people think we have our act together. We are great at making people think that our marriages are good. We are great at making people think that our families are going well. We do an excellent job of dressing up and pretending that everything that's going on in our lives is great and that everything that's happening inside of our hearts and in our minds is all positive and all wonderful. All of us know how to play that game. We've learned to play it well. But when we're honest with ourselves, when the room is quiet and no one else is around, we know that there's something going on inside that still needs to be fixed. Because no matter how hard we try on the outside and no matter how good it looks, we're still lonely and depressed. No matter how good it looks on the outside, we still struggle with our ultimate meaning, purpose, and satisfaction. No matter how good it looks on the outside, we still wonder if, if we've ever been loved or truly experienced love. No matter how good it looks on the outside, we still struggle and wonder what the purpose of our existence is. No matter how good it looks on the outside, we still wonder if we've really ever experienced something real and true. And we're like the car that looks unbelievable on the outside but doesn't go anywhere because the interior is still broken. All of us are like that, so the question becomes, who can do the work? Who can do that work in your heart? Who is the one that can change and restore and renew the thing that we can't do on our own? In the next couple of verses in this book, Paul answers that question for us. He tells us who does it, and he tells us the two things that this person does. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, Paul says, 
he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. By the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things, so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. Paul uses two words, or one phrase and one word here, about the thing that needs to happen inside of all of us. He says that there's a, a washing of regeneration is the phrase that he uses, and the word, he's, the word he uses next is renewal. That all of us, what we really need is we need a work of true regeneration inside of us, a true renewal inside of us. That's what needs to happen. And the question is, who does that work? Well, here's a, here's a real... Uh, Simple theology lesson for you. It's a simple lesson. It's a difficult concept to understand. Paul here talks about something that if you hang out with Christian people and churchy people, you might hear the word Trinity. That's what Paul's talking about here. You see, God exists, but he exists in three persons. There is God the Father, who is enthroned in heaven, who's the maker, creator, and sustainer of all things. There is God the Son, who is Jesus Christ, who came down to this earth, lived the perfect life, died on the cross for your sin and my sin. And then there's God, the Holy Spirit. And it is the Holy Spirit, God's presence with you, that can do the work that you and I cannot do on our own. So what are we talking about? Well, there's two words there, right? They both start with R. The first one is regeneration, and the second one is renewal. And here's the work that the Holy Spirit can do in you and can do in me that we cannot do ourselves. When we talk about regeneration, we're talking about something becoming completely new. Something that is old becoming completely new and restored. In fact, the Greek word that Paul uses here is used only one other time in the Bible. And it's used by Jesus himself, and it's in Matthew chapter 19, verse 28. And Jesus is talking about when the earth will be restored and a new heaven and a new earth will be created. He says, in the end, is what Jesus says. It's often translated in your English version, in the end. But a literal translation would be, in the regeneration. It's the same word that's translated regeneration here. And so when Jesus uses this word, he's talking about the reality that one day he is going to come and establish a new heaven and a new earth and make all things new in the regeneration, when everything is new. And the same word is used here about what the Holy Spirit does in your heart and my heart. In the same way that God is going to come down and take a world that is broken and fallen and needs a lot of work and make it new again, the Holy Spirit comes into your life and my life when we choose to follow Jesus Christ and does a work, makes your heart new and my heart new if we'll put our trust in him. Changes us. Rebuilds it. Think about the kind of things that, that you know that, that can regenerate. There are certain animals that can regenerate, right? A starfish will regenerate its arm. A lizard will regenerate its tail. There are certain things in our bodies that regenerate. Our skin can regenerate. Our fingernails, our toenails regenerate. 
your liver can regenerate. Did you know that? I'm no doctor, but I talked to one this week. And uh, my understanding is you, if you have 25% of a healthy liver, you can, that liver can regenerate itself over time. Brand new. But this thing that's broken in our side of us, can't do it. we can't do that on our own. We cannot fix it. We don't have the knowledge or the strength or the ability to do it. You've tried, I've tried, and we failed. And what we need is the Holy Spirit to do that work inside of us. And then there's renewal. And renewal, I think, speaks to the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in your life and my life. Because it's one thing just to change something. It's another thing to keep it going. Uh, A couple weeks ago, I was on uh, vacation, and so I wasn't here on a Sunday. And when I got back, I had a number of emails, and I got a couple of texts and a few phone calls. And people wanted to let me know, Pastor Brian, just so you know, when you come back from vacation, uh, there's squirrels in the church, this church. Well, that's a fun thing to come back from, from vacation for. See, here's the thing. Some of you know, we did a pretty major renovation work to this building a few years ago. This building was regenerated. It was revived. It was, there was renewal here. But two years ago, we opened our church doors with a regenerated building, and that's one thing that takes place. It's made new. But there's an ongoing work that needs to continue to take place, isn't there? We can't just say, hey, something's new, and then stop doing anything with it. It's the same thing with a house, with your body, uh, with, with work, with anything that we're talking about. You can't just regenerate something and make it new and then just sit back and never touch it again. The work has to continue. And so we had squirrels, and we had to um, get them out of here. We had to have guys come with ladders and traps and all sorts of things and make sure the squirrels had left. And then the next week, one of our HVAC units uh, decided to leak all over the floor. And so then we had to have the HVAC people come. And this is all stuff that was brand new two years ago, but the work of renewal has to continue. And the same thing happens in your heart and in my heart. The Holy Spirit, when we put our trust in Jesus Christ, regenerates our hearts. But there is a work that has to continue inside of you. Where each day you're being made new by God's Spirit. A couple weeks ago, I had someone share a story with me about what we're talking about. And so I asked her if she would come and share her story with you for the next couple of minutes. And so would you just take a moment, would you welcome Noelle Goulet as she comes up to the stage. Noelle wants to share a few things with you. Noelle, have a seat. I promise you these are really nice people. I get up here every week. Everyone gets bored, but no one throws me out. Um, I've known Noelle for a long time. Since she was in kindergarten, I think. I was trying to think about that. It's been a long time. And how old are you now? I'm 16. 16. So before kindergarten. Excellent. Um, <laughs> I've known Noelle for a long time. And a couple of weeks ago, Noelle had an experience that we just talked, like we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so we can talk about what the Holy Spirit does all the time. But I wanted you to hear a little bit about what the Holy Spirit did in Noelle's life a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, Noel went to uh, camp. Our denomination, the Assemblies of God, holds a camp. And Noel was there, and she, the Holy Spirit did something in her life. And so, Noel, would you just share with everyone some of your emotions and some of your feelings going into camp about a month ago? Uh, going into camp, I was kind of really angry. 
angry at my family, angry at the church, angry at the world, and most likely angry at God because I was just mad at everything that happens and kind of just sitting there like with so many questions and just thinking, why do bad things happen? Why do, why do these things happen? Why does God let them? So I was kind of just very angry. And I've been angry since I was probably three. Asked my grandmother, she'd say she'd walk in the house and I would growl at her and like turn my head very angrily. And so I was very angry and going into camp was kind of like, all right, it's camp, I go every year. And so it wasn't really, I was hoping to change anything. I was just sitting there like, all right. And saying that, like, going into camp, I kind of really wanted to, like, be open because I talked to my sister and she told me, Noelle, you got to be open because if you're going to camp, don't just sit there. You're listening to a sermon for a reason. And I believe in God and I love God and I'm so happy that I'm no longer angry because it's just like that. <laughs> so, so tell me what happened. Tell us what happened, Noelle. You went into camp, and you were feeling a lot of anger. And I know you said to me one of the things that caused you a lot of anger is you've been in church world for a long time. You felt like there was you had experienced some hypocrisy in the church. Uh, yeah. But also, you know, I won't, I won't share too much, but um, your family has gone through a lot of challenges, mm-hmm. right? With your, with your parents, there's been a lot of challenges, a lot of struggle. And so I, I would say that uh, many of us, if we, if we knew the details of your story, would say, um, yeah, we can understand why you would end up being angry because of some of the things that have happened. It's not fair. It's not right. And so we can understand why you'd be in that place. But you said you went into camp and you were open. What did that look like when you feel like God did something in your heart? What did that, what did that look like? What did that feel like? When did it happen? Okay, so uh, camp, it's like a Monday through Friday thing, and there's services every morning. We will have breakfast, go to service. We'll have, like, prayer time. They'll tell us what we'll do. Middle of the day, we'll have a service and just recap everything. And then at night, we'll have, like, a service where we'll praise, worship, have prayer time, have, like, the preacher preach his sermon, which they're very good sermons. Uh, but at first, I was talking to my sister, and she told me, just be open. So I sat there when we were praying first, and I said, you know what, God, I'm not going to sit here closed-minded and have whatever I think in my mind go through. So I prayed, God, just let me be open. And that was the simplest prayer I had. And listening to, like, the sermon, it kind of hit me like a rock. And, like, walking into the chapel, you felt the Holy Spirit. Like, you could not breathe without feeling the Holy Spirit and it was kind of like I would tell my grandmother I have not felt the Holy Spirit like I don't believe I felt the Holy Spirit and going in there I was like I know this is the Holy Spirit my grandmother's gonna be shocked (laughs) (laughs) like I went home and she was like what? (laughs) like what happened? (laughs) but she was just like "Uh." so I felt the Holy Spirit and I was just like you know what I'll let you do what you need to do I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to say, you know what, this was all me. I let go all myself. Because really, I had no idea what I was letting go. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, I'm a little shaky. Uh, But I kind of sat there like, I'm open. You know what? If I 
did this myself, I would be still sitting on my bed, not going to church at all, sitting there racked with anxiety and depression, uh, but I was open and I kind of forgave one person at a day. Like the first day I, I prayed I'm open, I forgave my aunt. The second day I prayed I'm open again because what the heck, it's not gonna hurt. <laughs> uh, I prayed I'm open, I forgave my father. And it just kept on going on. The next day I said I'm open. And I listened to the sermon and it just felt on my heart like I could not hold that grudge anymore. I could not, could not sit there with my anger. And I forgave my grandmother and my mom the next day. And the next day I forgave my brother and my sister. And it kind of just went down the list. And I still have more people to forgive. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> we all have people that just like sit there like making us so angry. Like why would you do that? And it's like, you don't know the demons they have in themselves. And it's like, I forgave. So oh, how, is, how has life been different? If you could tell us in one or two sentences, you know, like this is how life has been different in the last six weeks. How is, what, what is the tangible difference that you've experienced uh, since that encounter? Tangible. I'm at church. You're here, here. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been church in a few months. When I left church, I was like, I was like, you know what, Nana, I'm done. I feel like I'm forced into my religion. I didn't feel like I chose to be a Christian. And now I'm here. <laughs> I, I've been trying to find like a devotional because I really feel like I need one. <laughs> uh, I've been more open to talking about my faith. And like, I'm more open to like say, you know what, God, I. I'm sitting here, I have questions, but you'll answer them somehow. Mm. In your sermon, and mm. a random guy walking down the street, <laughs> I've had random people talk to me, and I'm <laughs> like, wait, what, how did you know? This is the funniest thing. <laughs> well, Noelle, I appreciate you. I think everybody in the room really appreciates you sharing your story. And I'm really excited about what God is doing in your life, and I'm more excited for your willingness to go with it and see where God takes you. Um, so thank you for sharing this morning. Would you thank Noelle? <laughs> it's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Regenerating and renewing what you can't do on your own. The only thing you have to do is be open. I like the way Noel put that. The only thing you have to do is be open. So the question for you this morning is, are you open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life? Whether you're just choosing to follow Jesus Christ for one of the very first times, or whether or not you've followed him for a long time, and listen, some of us in the room this morning, we have followed Jesus Christ for a long time, and sometimes I can put myself in this category, but it's been a long time since you've encountered the Holy Spirit. It's been a long time since you woke up in the morning and said, God, whatever you want to do in my life today, I'm open. It's been a long time since you've gotten up and you feel like that renewal work of the Holy Spirit is happening in your heart and in your life. And we can go back to trying to do it all on our own. Or we can go back from our faith becoming something that was we experienced and we experienced the work of the Holy Spirit in our life to something that just becomes intellectual and the experience goes away. 
And so my question for you this morning is, are you open to what God might want to do in your life through his spirit? Are you open this morning to stop trying yourself, trying to fix everything and make your heart right and make it renewed and make it refreshed and allow God to do the work that only he can do? Last night, my wife and I had some of our best friends over for dinner. And one of our friends, the, the husband, his name's Matt. Uh, Matt and Alyssa are their names. So Matt had just gotten back like a week ago from summiting Mount Denali in Washington State. And so uh, he went on this crazy trip. This is like true climbing. Oh, Mount Rainier. What am I talking about? Mount Denali, that's Alaska. Mount Rainier in Washington State. This is a true climb. You know, they're hooked into ropes. They have, uh, they have the ice axe. They have the crampons on their shoes. They're walking across glaciers that are moving and changing as they try to get up to the summit. And so we sat around our table last night, and he and I stood around the grill, and he was, trying, he was explaining to me what this experience was like. He just, this was last week for him. And it sounded awesome. It sounded great. But I got to tell you, I will never know how great it was because I've never climbed up that mountain. I've never been there. He's trying to describe what the ice flows looked like, what the glaciers looked like, what the crevasses looked like that were hundreds and hundreds of feet deep just right next to him. He tried to tell us a story about how one person in one of the groups ahead of him slipped off the side of the mountain and the only thing that saved him was that he was tied to the other people in his group and they all dug in their their ice axes and saved his life. It sounds like an unbelievable experience, an incredible experience but I'll never be able to fully appreciate it because I didn't experience it myself. Let me tell you something. You can listen to a ton of people talk about what it's like to encounter God's spirit. You can listen to any any pastor get up and tell you what it's like to encounter God. You can listen to Noel. You can listen to a million testimonies that you want. But until you experience the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, you're really never going to understand it. You're never going to understand it. I'm going to invite our worship team uh, up to the stage as we close this morning. Listen, in the next few moments, they're going to play, and you and I have an opportunity to respond. Are you open this morning? Are you open to what the Holy Spirit might want to do in your life? Are you open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your heart? Listen, there's a peace There's a piece of you that you cannot fix on your own. And I don't know what you're dealing with this morning. I don't know if it's regret. I don't know if it's anger. I don't know if it's depression. I don't know if it's loneliness. I don't know if it's a general sense of just feeling like life doesn't matter. I don't know if you're dealing with jealousy. I don't know what you are dealing with this morning. But all of us have this piece that we cannot fix ourselves. The only way it can happen is through an encounter with God's spirit. I'd ask you if you would, would just bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. Hey, thanks again for listening to this sermon from Mount Hope's Belmont campus. If you live near Belmont, Massachusetts, we'd love to have you join us on a Sunday morning. We meet at 10 a.m. and have programs for children from birth through grade five during the service. You can find out a whole lot more about us on our website, which is mounthope.org. God bless you, and we hope to talk to you again soon.